When I was living in Pittsburgh, I hated January. Unlike southern Illinois, Pittsburgh had no January thaw to lift the spirit. January was always bitterly cold, windy, and snowy. Except for the chemically infected rivers, everything froze over, including this Pittsburgh kid, when he had to walk several blocks to school every morning. There were January mornings when the moon was so biting that I had to duck into business entrances until my face stopped hurting. To make matters worse, my family lived on the second floor of a poorly heated house owned by my grandparents. The only heat during the winter downstairs, where my grandparents lived, was a coal-burning, pot-bellied stove. I remember a truck dumping coal into our cellar just before the start of winter, and my grandfather firing up the stove every morning after it died down overnight. The only heat upstairs came from our kitchen stove's oven and a space heater in our bedroom. We actually had a spare room that we called the cold room because it was unheated and served as an icebox during the winter. The warmest spot upstairs was the top of the oven where on Saturday mornings, when I was small enough, I sat cross-legged, drank a cup of Angel's tea with milk and sugar, and listened to fairy tales on Let's Pretend. The Columbia Broadcasting System presents Nyla Mack, Let's Pretender. The music is playing fairy tales. The audience is saying, let's go. And here is that famous juvenile group of radio, the Let's Pretenders. January was also the worst month of the year for a sports fan in those days. There was no baseball once the World Series ended in October, and no football once the NFL Championship in December and the New Year's Day bowl games were over. Fans in Pittsburgh had basketball and hockey, but the city had no NBA team and only minor league hockey in those days. January may have been the beginning of a new year, but ahead was a long, cold, and snowy wait until April and the opening day of baseball season. In 1960, the last year I was in Pittsburgh before going off to college, baseball fans experienced a January miracle when Home Run Derby made its television debut. Taped in December, 18 of baseball's best hitters, at least one for each team, had competed in head-to-head home run contests for prize money and advancement to another round. The first taped contest between Mickey Mantle and Willie Mays aired Saturday afternoon on January 9, 1960. Hi there, everybody. I'm Mark Scott saying, welcome to Home Run Derby. This week, we have two of the greatest stars in all of baseball, that fence-busting switch hitter, Mickey Mantle, and the wondrous say-hey kid, Willie Mays. Let's meet them, shall we? Well, Mickey, come on in. Welcome to Home Run Derby. Thank you, Mark. How are you going to hit today? I'm going to hit right-handed today, Mark. Is that your best power? Well, most all of my real long home runs have been from the right-hand side of the plate. Well, that settles that. Willie, come on in. Welcome to Home Run Derby. Thank you, Mark. Willie, uh, you can only hit one way. You're right-handed. Uh, will it make any difference whether the pitcher is right-handed or left-handed? No, it doesn't, Mark. Uh, when I'm hitting good, I hit like hit anybody. Righty or lefty. Well, that just proves that they're great ball players. The 30-minute program took place at the minor league Wrigley Field in Los Angeles. Each batter had nine innings to hit home runs. Any ball that wasn't a home run, even though it was clearly a base hit, was counted as an out, and three outs ended an inning. The Cardinals were represented by Kenny Boyer, who lost his only contest, and the Cubs, not surprisingly, had Ernie Banks, who won only one time. 
but the real stars of Home Run Derby were Mickey Mantle, Willie Mays, and Hank Aaron. Mantle won the debut contest over Mays 9-8 and went on to hit 44 home runs, the most of any player. Aaron finished with 34 home runs, one less than Mays, who had 35, but he won the most contests with six. Home Run Derby lasted only one season, but it anticipated with its running commentary from players as they watched each other at bat, a sports network like ESPN. It was also the forerunner of the home run contest that currently takes place on the eve of the All-Star Game. It was fun the last January in Pittsburgh, watching baseball's best sluggers hit home runs while snow buried the city. By the following January, home run derby would be gone and I'd be attending Edinburgh State College. I didn't realize, however, until my first winter there, that Edinburgh was located in the snow belt off Lake Erie and buried in lake effect snow from October to May. It was also much, much colder than Pittsburgh. One memorable morning, the temperature dipped to 35 degrees below zero. But once I met my future wife Anita at Edinburgh, for the first time in my life, I didn't mind all that cold and snow. This is Pete Peterson for Reading Baseball.